And the whole church said, amen. amen. Yeah, when you talk in this church, you got to talk from here, right? Amen. Mm, 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 amen. Yeah, there you go. That's down there. Um, if you're a lady, I don't, if you got that deep, I'd be impressed, you know? Because you're like, amen. And you're like, amen, pastor. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Woo, all right. Um, so we, last week we talked about loving our enemies. Uh, that was, that was, a, it was a difficult one. It was a difficult one because we don't, it's easy to love our neighbor. It's easy to love people we like. It's, evil, it's even easy to love people we deem weird, right? But it's really hard to love someone we don't like. And so um, God, God just ministered, like, like I said last week, as much as it, was, as it was for you, it really challenged me um, this week, and it continues to challenge me on who I deem an enemy and whatnot. Um, this week and the last week, I wanted to talk about the thing that Jesus would say that would forever cause the world to hate Jesus and to hate Christians and to hate Christianity. Um, Jesus would say this thing and like the whole world became an enemy of Jesus. If, if they weren't an enemy of him already. Like as soon as Jesus said this, it was just like, boom, enmity, you know, with the world. And so uh, this week we're talking about what Jesus turned upside down was the afterlife, right? The afterlife. And, and you know, everyone gets a different view of the afterlife. And, and during the time of Jesus, there were so many views of the afterlife, right? There were so many philosophers going around and saying, oh, when I die and come back, I'm going to reincarnate as a horse. A word. How I'm supposed to know? I will eat the hay from your hand. Stop lying, you know what I mean? And so there were so many views on afterlife. So many philosophers were saying, you know what? Why live a disciplined life? Just live your own life the way you want to live it. Do what you want to do and you'll be okay. There are other philosophers who are saying, you know what? You have to live a minimalist life and that's the way to live this life. And everyone was saying a way to live their life because the afterlife either didn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what you do now. As long as you do a couple good things before you die, Many different religions have a different view on the afterlife. You know, you have to, some of you, like, we weigh, our, they, you weigh your life on a scale where it's just like, well, if I do ten good things, it'll outweigh the nine bad things that I did. And so you try to do good things, and this thing is no longer a relationship, but it became a religion, and in that it became a performance. No longer are you loving Jesus out of, out of the love for your heart. Now it's like if I perform for him, he'll love me more. There are a lot of thoughts going around, a lot of ideas going around. And when Jesus said these couple things, it would forever change the world. I've read, I've, I've studied, I've looked at other religions. And it's even there are some, you know, there's some people who believe, oh, all the religions are the same. Allah is the same as God, and, and, and Muhammad is the same as Jesus. I want to let you know today that there are planets apart. God and Jesus stand alone in and by himself. There are many who believe in many gods, but only Christians believe in the triune God. And when Jesus came, he said, he said there's di they're different. 
Listen, in this world that we live in today, there are, there's different religions. There's Buddhism, there's Muslim, there's Islam. There's, there's many different religions, and they may sound the same. And now the new thing to talk about is, you know, uh, the Egyptians and, and the Eye of Horus and all of that stuff. Yes, they may sound superficially similar, but they are fundamentally different. Superficially, they sound similar. They have similar characteristics, but fundamentally, they are different. The Bible stands alone in it and by itself. When you look at it, you take, if you take Buddha out of Buddhism, what do you have? The moral teachings. If you take Muhammad out of, out of the Muslim, uh, Muslim religion, what do you have? Moral teachings. Christianity is the only one. If you take Christ out of Christianity, you have nothing. You remove Christ, you remove the center of this Christianity thing, you don't have anything. Because everything is wrapped up in him. We're going to turn to John 4. If you're with me, say amen. amen. I know y'all didn't prepare for like a teaching this morning, but I'm going to give it to y'all anyways. All right? Y'all weren't ready. I'm going to give it to y'all anyways. We're in John 14, 1 through 7. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples because he told his disciples again that he is going to die. He's saying, I'm going to die. I'm leaving you guys. I won't be with you guys. And the disciples are all sad because they're like, we've been walking with you for three years. We quit our jobs. Does that sound familiar to anyone in their own life? You know, it's like, God called me to Memphis. What are you doing here? I don't know. Where are you from? New York. Why'd you come here? God. And he's talking to his disciples because he told them, like, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer at the hands of man. And in John 14, he says, do not, your, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And right there, Jesus is telling you, hey, don't worry about who's going to make it in or who's not going to make it in. Like, we don't run out of space in heaven. There are many rooms there. And I'm leaving to prepare room for you. Now, that's not to say, like, I remember reading this as a kid. It's just like, oh, man, heaven's in construction, you know? And you just think of, like, people building stuff like, hurry up. He's going back, you know? Hurry up. And it's not like, no, it's not like that. Jesus isn't a sham architect, Okay. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Because guess what? We're going to be there forever and ever and ever and ever. There you go. Some of you guys are going to be like, oh, amen, pastor. It's okay. If it's late, it's so good. He says, I go there to prepare a place for you. In all the other religions, no one goes to prepare a place for me. I have to earn my place there. And Jesus is saying, hey, before you guys, the people in this room, even turn to me, I'm already preparing a place for you. You see, your place is prepared for you in heaven. You just have to make the decision if that's where you want to go or not. There are many Christians who have this, not Christians, excuse me, there are many people in the world who have this mindset that, oh, you know, earth is hell. Or why would a loving God send his, send his uh, people to hell? No, 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 no. If you, you have to understand, if you live like hell on earth, it's not that he's sending you there. You make a decision with your lifestyle. All of us have decisions to make. You can decide, I want to follow God, or you can decide, I don't want to follow God. 
I mean, I've been dieting, right? And everyone has been on a diet, crash diet at some point, right? Yes, no, right? You can decide, like, I'm going to eat this bowl of fries with cheese and ketchup and bacon. I will pay for it later. Or I cannot eat that and maybe eat something that's maybe a little bit more nutritious for me that won't kill me later on. But we make the decision. We make the decision. I don't believe that God kicks anyone out. I believe we make the decision to walk away. Well, I never said I'd walk away from God. Yeah, your words never said it, but your actions might. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. You may be where I am. I'm going to come back for you. That's the most exciting thing to ever hear, that not only is he going to go and prepare a place for me, that he's coming back to get me. And there's no like, place where i got to figure out, like, okay, do I take exit 17 to get to heaven? No? Oh, I think we got turned around. Because if you've ever been in a car with someone who doesn't know how to drive, if you make three suspect lefts, we're like, you don't know where you're going. I see it on my GPS right here. You missed a turn three exits ago, right? Anyone ever been in that car? Yes? And before there was, on your, uh, before there was GPS on your phone, it was like MapQuest. So you were at the mercy of the driver. You couldn't even fall asleep properly because you knew they didn't know where they were going. He says, I'm going to come back and get you. I'm going to take you to where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Are you guys ready for the most upside down thing you've ever heard? And Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the single most polarizing statement you will ever hear in Christianity. Because there were many people who believed in many monotheistic beliefs. Oh, there are many ways to God. There are many ways to get to God. I can go to God in this direction. I could worship these gods and I'm going to get to God. And Jesus comes and he makes this declaration. He goes, no, there is no other way to God. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Now... Why do you think all the Sadducees and Pharisees and all the philosophers of that day hated him? Because when someone comes and makes that bold of a statement, it's just like, wait, wait, you're just, you just told me that what I believe is I can't, I can't get to God through, no, I am the way. But, but I thought he said, I know, I am the truth. But he said he would die and come back. I am the life. You want to get to God? See, the problem was is that Jesus took a wide road. He took this wide road and made it a narrow door. And, everyone, and from this moment, from this one moment, the entire world will say, well, why is Christianity so exclusive? Because the man who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, would not only die, but he would resurrect and walk around. See, he, Jesus never said, oh, I'm going to, hey, when I die, I'm going to reincarnate as a goat. Come see me at the farm. 
No, no, no. He died, resurrected, and then Jesus had the audacity to walk around for 40 days and be like, what up? We going to eat some fish or no? Uh, Thomas, remember when you doubted? Go ahead. Put your finger there. It's a little gross, but go ahead. In that one moment, Jesus would turn the world upside down. He would now limit all these other ways, all these other philosophies, all these, all these other thoughts. And he says, hey, there's no one who can get to God except through me. But what about Muhammad? There's no one who can get to God except through me. But what about Krishna? There's no one who can get to God except through me. I am the door. I am the way. But God, what about if I do 10 good deeds? That doesn't even matter. I am the way. Follow me. Drop everything behind and follow me. Because when you follow me, I'm going to lead you to the Father. See, I didn't come in this world just to walk around and spout some good and moral teachings. I came into this world because I wanted to connect God and I wanted to connect man. And I'm the bridge between the two. So I am the door. That's why in the scripture, it always, Jesus always is the gentleman. He says, I stand at the door and knock. This is why my, my perspective on, like, listen, I know there's a lot going on on social media about who loves Jesus and who doesn't love Jesus. And we need to understand that you're not there to be a bouncer, okay? God didn't place you in front of the door to be a bouncer to Christianity and a bouncer to God. That's not your job. Your job is to be a door holder. That's it. Oh, you want to come to Jesus? Well, he says he's the way, so, and he's the door, so you know what? Have at him. Because I bet you when you walk back out, you won't be the same. There are many philosophies. There are many, many, many thoughts on this earth. And from that moment, the world hated Jesus because all of a sudden, the, the, the religion they followed and the, the things that they believed, it's now all of a sudden Jesus is exclusive. But I thought there was many ways to God. No. There's only one way to God, and his name is Jesus. Guys, I want to tell you today that there are many religions out there. There are many new thoughts out there. And then there are even many thoughts that mask themselves as Christianity, and there's not. I want to let you know that there's one way to God, and his name is Jesus. And his name is love. And love has a name. And joy has a name. Resurrection has a name. Faith has a name, and it's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. You don't need to perform. You don't need to be someone you're not. You don't need to go do 15 good deeds to make up for your one sin. It says for those who are in Christ Jesus, you've been redeemed and set free, and that your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. And guess what? When Jesus writes something down, there's no eraser. Your name is etched on his hand. And he's got the whole world. In his hand, he's got the whole world. In his hand, he's got the whole world. In his hand, he's got your whole world in his hand. Right? He's got your mommy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's a song of faith. You have to understand, that's a song of faith. Because when your world is falling apart, and you can't pay your bills, and they keep on sending, like, hey, payments due, payments due. Sometimes you need to go back to those kids' songs and say, he's got my whole world in his hands. He's got this little medical bill in his hands. He's got this little, right? 
He's got this overdue rent. You could just throw, throw anything in there, right? He's got this busted down car. He's got the whole world in his hands. See, Jesus never said, follow me. Not where I, see, a lot of religions, I, I, again, guys, I've been citing other religions for a long time just because they interest me. You know, it's interesting to see what other people believe. And I'm not to disrespect them or cause any respect, but when Jesus, Jesus said what he said, and I'm not going to apologize for that, right? The Bible says what he says, and that's not something I'm going to say sorry for. But I look at all these other religions, and there's this point of, like, you need to be a good moral character. Jesus never said to get to heaven, you need to be a good moral character. He says, if, as long as my spirit's in you, as long as you've renounced your life and turned to me, you have access to heaven. You have access to the kingdom. Right? In that, there's a lot, of, a lot of religions and a lot of beliefs that say, if you don't follow this, we will destroy you. There's a lot of thoughts out there. Oh, and, and some Christians even put themselves like, oh, if I don't follow God, he's going to destroy me. Why would a God come die on this earth only because if you said no, he's going to destroy you? That's so backwards. He's not out to destroy you. He's not out to cause you harm. It's like, how do you know that? Because God destroyed his own son on the cross. He put his own son on the cross so that we don't all have to offer sacrifices anymore, so we don't have to kill a lamb or a goat to atone for the things that we've done wrong. He sent the perfect sacrifice because he said, through him, through my son, I will be pleased. He's the door. And there are many religions that say, if you do not follow me, I will destroy you. But Jesus, he came to say, he said, if you don't follow me, you will destroy yourself. I've noticed that in my own life, that when I said no to God and I pushed away from God, God didn't destroy me. God didn't cause these bad things to happen to me. I started destroying myself because I leaned on my own wisdom. I leaned on my own understanding. I leaned on my own provision. And I end up destroying myself. And you find yourself being overworked and burnt out and exhausted. And every time, you could even take a, the best nap you ever take, and you're like, I am still tired. But Jesus says, bring all your burdens to me. If you're weary and you're tired, bring them to me. I'm going to give you rest. And I'm not only talking about, like, drool face rest. I'm talking about, like, real rest. You, you know, rest in your mind, body, and soul. There are many people out there who are living performances. And they're tired. They don't know that they're tired. They're trying to impress people who don't even care. They, you ever find yourself buying stuff, trying to look good for someone who ain't even looking at you? And you're like, I did my hair upright today and everything. Like, and they're not even paying attention to you. Why do we do that? And yet we have a God who sent his son. He's just like, hey, you don't got to perform. You don't have to be something you're not. It's okay to say no. It's healthy to say no. I know you have a lot going on, but I am here with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I will walk with you. I will talk with you if you let me. See, part of it, we just want Jesus to walk and talk with us at any moment, at any time. 
And yet it's just like, oh, well, I want God on Sunday, but God, Monday through Friday, I don't need you. And then Friday and Saturday when I'm at the clubs, like, you stand out there. And Jesus is like, I'll walk with you in every single moment if you let me to. If you let me. See, but you got to understand, if you allow Jesus to walk with you, he's not going to allow you to stay in your mess. He's not. That's not the God I serve. Some of you guys, like, you want Jesus, but you want to stay in your mess, too. What? Why? It's comfortable. No. God is waiting to take this mess and turn it into a message. He's waiting for you to be delivered. Like, he's waiting to turn that test into a testimony. That's old school church. Test into a testimony. He says it right there. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he goes in verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You do know him and you have seen him. I want to turn to John 10 because Jesus was really nailing down some of these things. We're in John 10, 1 through, we're going to read through 1, 8, 1 through 18, but we're going to go over it pretty quickly. He says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who, who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all to his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling him. I read a book. I've read this book. It's called, it's a great leadership book. It's called The Way of the Shepherd. So if you're a leader in your business, in your life, in your school, wherever, it's a great book to read. It's a small book because I understand some of y'all got attention spans like that big, you know. But it's a small book. You could read through it in a day, right? Because I, my attention span, I was like, all right, this is not good. I, anyone here like a one-chapter reader? Like if, they don't, if it don't get you in the first chapter, you like, back on the shelf you go to collect dust you shall, right? <laughs> right? And so I was reading through this leadership book and... There was, there, there's a farmer in there, and he has an apprentice, and he's, and he's, well, it's a businessman. He's a CEO of a company, you know, and while he was growing up, he learned how to be a farmer because his dad was a farmer, and he's teaching his apprentice, like, hey, I'm, I'm teaching you about leadership through sheep. And so they would meet and go to his farm, and then he told, so the, the CEO, the farmer, would stand there, and if you guys know anything about sheep and farms, he, he said, he told his apprentice, hey, Walk on the total other side of the farm, right? Just walk all the way over there and then make this noise. And it was like a, you know, it was like a, I'm going to make up a noise, like a yee, yee, woo, whatever. It was like a weird noise. He's like, make this noise. That's the noise that I make. Make this, make this noise. So he walked a distance and he could still see the sheep. And the sheep are in the middle of both of them now. So he makes the noise at the top of his lungs. And the sheep don't pay him any mind. At all. He's like, do it again. They didn't hear you. And he makes this noise at the top of his lungs again. And the sheep don't pay him any mind. 
Hey, guys. Hey, do it one more time. Just one more time. And now the CEO, this farmer, he's just laughing. And the, kid, the guy's getting frustrated. He's like, why, why are you having me do this, number one? And why am I making the silly noise? And why aren't the sheep coming towards me? So he makes a noise one more time. And the sheep just stay there grazing. And then the farmer, he goes, hey, watch. Makes the same exact noise. Now, no words, just the noise. And all the sheep start heading his way. All of them start moving his way. What that tells me is that when you start to learn the voice of the Father, when he calls you to something, you know when it's his voice. There are going to be many things in your life that will call you and will say, maybe a promotion, maybe a relationship, maybe a purchasing a house, maybe purchasing a car, and it's going to call you. And you're like, oh, I want that so bad. I want that. But if it's not your father's voice, it's a trap. See, he says, that's why Jesus used this analogy. He says, the sheep, they know my voice. They will only follow my voice. And I want to challenge you as Christians today, if you're sitting in this room and you're saying, I don't know what God sounds like. Yes, you do. Give this book a chance. Start reading it. Start putting it deep in your heart. Begin to meditate and memorize it. Because when God calls you by name and when he calls you by something, you're going to say, oh, I know that's my father. I know it. I've heard it. I've seen it. That's what I've been praying for. That's what, and it's better than what I could have even imagined. You want to hear the voice of your father? You want to know what he's called you to? And it said he calls you by name. You see, the enemy, he don't call you by name. He called AU. There are opportunities that, that the enemy calls you to, and it's just like, hey, why don't you try this? And there's no guarantee. And the thing is, it's too guaranteed, right? Anyone notice that with the enemy, things are too guaranteed? But with Jesus, he's like, hey, I'm not calling you to all that. I'm just calling you to this first step. But God, I don't, I don't know where you are. Just listen to my voice. God, I can't see you. Just listen for me. Where? Which way? Remember, I said, I am the way. But God, I hear all these other people calling for my attention. It's a, don't listen. They're lying. I am the truth. But God, I feel like I'm dying. No, no, no. You gave your life to me. I am the life. And he calls you by name. And so he says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So when you enter through Jesus, uh, some, this is not in my notes, this is just the Holy Spirit being the Holy Spirit. He says when you enter through Jesus, when you go through Jesus, when you find life in Jesus, he says, I am, he's like, what does it say? You will come in and go out and find pasture. What does that mean? You will come in, you're going to come in, God's going to clean you up, and he's going to send you out, and you're going to find pasture. You're going to find a place to rest. You're going to pioneer. You're going to do something different. You're going to find a place. And I'm like, and some of you guys, the reason why you haven't found pasture is because you haven't gone in. The reason why you haven't found rest is because you haven't gone in. Christ is calling you to himself. 
Go in. Deep dive. Say, God, I'm all yours. Go in. Because he will send you out. You will find pasture. It says the thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not know, own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason why my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it back up. This command I received from my father. And everyone said, Amen. He says, no one, that's why when you sing these songs and you say, like, and this is the, the, the mindset that it's in where it says, God, you, you'll leave the 99 for the one. Anyone ever heard that before? Anyone ever sang that before in church? And if you haven't, I want to tell you what that means. That sometimes sheep go off on their own. They go off on their own. Who here has kids who've gone off on their own, right? Right? My daughter, Ava, sometimes she'll run off on her own. And, and as a father, because I love her, I go and chase her because I don't want to see her get hurt. And some of us, we walk off on our own. And Jesus is like, he says, I will leave the herd and go for the one. Because I want them to know that I love them. Yesterday we went, um, what was it called, trunk or treat at a, at a church and um, God just gave me this beautiful view of what fatherhood is like and so they had this huge blow up thing, right, and there were like a thousand kids running through it and a typical parent, I'm like, somebody walking out of here is sick, right, because they're touching everything and they're running through it and, and it's hard because like I can't, I can't see Ava anymore because it's like a giant maze. And so I'm like, where is she? And then I see a little glimpse of her running on the inside. And then she's running, and then she gets to a point where she stops. And she just stops, starts crying. And, and I'm like, what? And I, you know, because when you're a parent, you have like sonar ears. My child is crying. Um, and you're just like, what? And I, so I go over to her, and you could tell like she felt like lost. She felt like I'm by myself. I don't. I'm in this enclosed air thing, and and there's kids running around, and they're crazy, and I'm just gonna stop right here. And she just starts crying, and just like you could, I could hear her go, ah, and I'm like, and I find her, and because you know it's a mesh net, and I can't go in because God knows this big body and that enclosed thing, it would have to deflate the thing and oil me up and get me out, you know. <laughs> And so I see her, and I'm on the outside. And this was just a beautiful example of Christ being such a good father, being such a good shepherd, because she sees me through the mesh, and I'm like, hey, I'm right here. 
you want to get out? Uh-huh. I don't want to. Uh-huh. I'm like, you want to be out of here? Yeah, because there's so many things going on. I'm like, okay, follow my voice. Follow my voice. And so she's running through it. I'm like, follow my voice. I'm right here. And at times, I'm like, she, she even lost sight of me. I'm like, it's okay. I'm right here. Hey, climb over that thing. Climb over it. All right, and so as she's climbing through it, she's looking at me and I'm like, hey, follow my voice, keep on going. And then like the moment she was lost, I said, go this way. And so she starts running this way and then there's a ton of kids in her way. And I can see her get overwhelmed because there's like, you know, and as a dad, I want to step in and push kids and I'm just kidding. But you want to get the kids out of her way. And I'm like, I'm right here. I'm still with you. Follow me, come on come on and then she almost gets to the end and I'm like hey come through this hole come out come out and she comes out and she just picks up her hands and that's the first thing she does not even a thank you not even a thank you just picks her I pick her up I'm like it's okay I got you and right in that moment Jesus was like I am the way I am the truth I am the life I will lead you out of your own mess if you let me. If you listen to my voice, if you just follow my direction, I'm going to take you out of these situations that overwhelm you and fill you with anxiety. I'm going to take you out of these broken situations. I will take you out of that broken relationship. I will take you out of it. I will move you out of it. And if I don't move you out of it, I'm going to change your mind on it. I'm going to move your thoughts on it. So you have to understand, I am a good father. I'm not just going to leave you where you are. I'm not just going to let you stand there crying. I hear those tears in your car. I hear the tears in your, I hear the prayers you can't even pray. I know when your heart's crying. I know when your mind is overwhelmed and I'm right there in the room with you and no, I haven't left you. My eye is constantly on you and if you just listen to me, I'm going to bring you out. But God, there's, I have to climb over that. Yep, you have to climb over that. I can't come in there and climb over it because I love you and I want to teach you something. Climb over it. I'm cheering you on. I couldn't go in there and grab her and pull her out. I couldn't do that. And I feel like with Jesus the same way, he can't just go in there and grab you out of the situation because you won't learn anything. And in that moment, God just showed me, he's like, this is how I am with my children. I'm not going to pull you out. I'm not going to push you out. I'm not going to move things out of your way. I'm going to coach you, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to love you. And the more you learn this book, and the more you learn these words, trust me, you're going to start doing these things on your own. You want to know how I know? In that moment, Ava got over her fear. You want to know how I know that she learned something? Because she jumped back inside. She jumped right back inside. And she kept on going. As long as I was within distance, she kept on playing. I think she pushed another kid over. I was so proud. And then she played and played and then she came back out again. But see, like God just showed me, she came back out strong. She didn't come back out scared again. She knew, I know. See, and that's for some of us. You got to know that, yes, you may be in life, but your daddy is nearby. Your daddy's nearby. He has his eye on you. He doesn't get distracted by anything else. But you're like, how can, he says, I'm omnipotent. I'm everywhere at one time. And I hear your cries and I'm right here. Just listen to me, listen to my voice. 
I will lead you out. I promise you I will lead you out. How do I know you're going to lead me out of this? I died for you. Jesus made this wide road narrow. He took this wide road and made it a single door. That whoever believes in him, whoever calls on his name, whoever renounces their sin and says, I don't want that life anymore. I want to be made new in Christ. He says, you are to be called children of the most high God. You're not a nameless person. It says that he knows my name. And if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ today, he wants to know your name. He wants an intimate relationship with you. You're not another social security number to him. You're not just punching in the clock with him. No, no, no. He's like, I want to know your name. I want a relationship with you. But God, how can I have a relationship with you when my own father didn't have a relationship with me? I am not your earthly father. I'm your heavenly father. And I created you before they even gave birth to you in the hospital. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. When you come to me, I will give you rest. I will strengthen you. You will find pasture in me. You will find strength in me because I'm going to send you back out again because guess what? There are other little kids in this world who need to know that they have a father and that I love them and I haven't forgotten them. He doesn't forget. Just like I wouldn't forget my daughter in that, in that jungle gym, I'm not going to forget. He's not going to forget. And I... I I find myself to be a good dad, but he's a great dad. You guys receive that today.